Okay, today on the show, we have Adam Jaffe. He's the drummer for Pistols at Dawn. This is an exciting up-and-coming band that recently landed a spot on the tour with Alter Bridge and Mammoth. Uh, their music is blowing up on the radio and YouTube. And after chatting with Adam, I think this is only the beginning. Uh, there are more tour offers in the works that he just can't announce yet. But we will discuss the history of the band, lineup changes, growing the band, working with legendary producer Sylvia Massey, and much, much more coming right up. Welcome, Adam. How's it going? Hey, brother. Thank you so much for having us today. I'm, I'm doing great, man. We just got off tour. Uh, just slept for two weeks and, and feeling so much better. <laughs> Which tour did you... Is this the one with Mammoth and Alter Bridge? Or that hasn't started yet, right? No, no. So, uh, no, that starts in March. So yeah. we went out and um, right now our song's charting very well on radio, Billboard, all the different charts and whatnot. And so we went out to for two and a half weeks to uh, various radio stations from the Southeast through the Midwest and uh, played acoustically for them. So we did an acoustic radio tour and then a bunch of them put on special shows for us with their listeners and winners and this, that, and the other. And so we played for just a ton of people uh, for about two and a half weeks until we got to the top of Wisconsin. We're freezing our asses off and decided to come the hell home. Okay. Yeah. I think I, I heard some of those cause there's one or two of them. That's they put it on Spotify as like a podcast. So I was able to listen and yeah, the yeah. songs sound cool. Acoustic too. Like truth. That's a great song. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, sounds cool. yeah, it, it was funny as hell. We, we, uh, our radio people and our management told us we had to go out and do a radio tour. When you do a radio tour, you got to play acoustic and we're a very serious electric live band. We don't use tracks. We plug in, we play. We're very natural and organic. And when they told us we had to play acoustic, we were just like, no. <laughs> we're just like, we're not going to do that. And they're like, yes, you are. They're like, yes, you are. And Well, so, don't you have to? Because you they don't have room for like you to set up a full drum set and stuff, right? That's the thing, man. I mean, you have to be able to do it. And so my guys actually, uh, my guys actually sat down to play the truth in a couple of our, uh, a couple of our singles off of our new album. And uh, on acoustic and and, and uh, my lady and I just looked at each other like, holy shit, like it, it was pretty good. And we actually enjoyed the acoustic tour. We enjoyed playing acoustic. I'm trying to remember, um, did you play drums on the acoustic or did yeah. you? Okay, yeah, because that's yeah. I, sometimes you, it's hard to tell if there's drums or not because they're so it's so subtle. But yeah, I've seen uh, bands do that and it's kind of cool. They have like, uh, I don't know what the, the thing is called, but one of the guys has uh what is that thing called where you hit it it's just like a, a one man like a one thing drum like what is that called yeah yes yeah, so those are african drums okay and whether it be a djembe or dudumba or there's some weird names for these drums but the reality was is i thought it would be super cool if i could incorporate a bunch of those african drums and rather than lug them around i just got a super cool drum machine and uh which has all the african drums on it mm -hmm. so i play them very nice and subtly uh, you know, while we're playing and it gives it, it gives it a nice, uh, kind of tribal tribal feel when you hear us live. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, have you, are you familiar with the black moods at all? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So they're we from have, Arizona. We have the same publicist. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Kelly. Yeah. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. So they're from Arizona. I'm in Arizona. And like when I first started my podcast, I think it was like 30 episodes in 
they came over to my house and they played for on my show and they played acoustically. And it was, it was, it's really cool to watch that with the drums, especially it's kind of interesting to see him do it because you can't be too loud acoustically or you're going to overpower the singing and guitars. It's yeah, it's, 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 it's the nuances that make acoustics so cool. Mm -hmm. But and I wanted, I wanted our whole band to do it. You know, a lot of bands will go out, you'll see the guitarist and you'll see the vocalist do it. Yeah. You'll see two guitarists. We've got five guys. We did a five guy acoustic tour and traveled all over, you know, the whole thing. And, and it gives, uh, it's just a much more band type feeling when the whole band's playing. Yeah. And I think it's cool to hear the songs stripped down because sometimes when you hear them, uh, played electric and stuff, you, you don't really appreciate the songwriting that goes into it. When you hear things stripped down, like when you hear truth stripped down acoustic, you're like, Oh wow. This you could tell that like how the, was that how the song was written? Cause it just sounds so much different. I mean, I like both versions, but the stripped down, you can really appreciate the songwriting more. I think. I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's fascinating because you get to hear the beauty of the song versus kind of the yeah. energy of the song. Yes. And when you get to hear the beauty of it, you know, cause we have, we have screaming in a little, in a few of our songs, just powerful, intense, kind of passionate moments in some of the electric songs. And to hear our vocalists uh, uh, do them just kind of in a very pretty way during the acoustic sessions, it just, it, everybody's just like, our, our minds are blown, to be honest with you. Yeah. So tell me about your vocalist. Um, he was in the, the Rockstar Supernova uh, show. He was a finalist or something. Yeah, so so when we my uh my lead guitarist Devin and I started the band back in 2015, uh, we had another guitarist who unfortunately passed away, and uh, the singer that we used um, for the first couple of years to sing on our tracks and play a few play some of our shows live. Uh, his name was Chris Pearson, and Chris was on that Rockstar Supernova show that Tommy Lee had back in the day on VH1, and Chris was a finalist, and he's super talented. Um, ultimately, after we created the new album, Ascension, um, we realized we needed to uh, kind of move on from Mr. Pearson, and we hmm. moved on. We did, a, we did a search nationally. We basically looked for one of the most... Uh, one of the best front men on the planet and Chris Hodges is our front man now. And he has been for about the past year. And um, he oh, that's is a different singer then. Okay. It is. And Chris, Chris has been Chris. Uh, he does sessions for uh, some of the top people in the world. And he's just, he, 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 he has been in one of the, the top Lincoln park tribute bands in the world. And he's just, he got the gods touched him when he was a baby and the guy can sing and put on a show like no other. And so we upgraded a bit and, uh, that's who our singer is now. So how did you find him? I mean, you said, was it from the Lincoln park thing or. So, so we just, uh, my social media person, creative director and I, uh, just did a massive search and looked through every singer we could possibly find in the United States. And uh, wow. we just came upon his information on one of the session sites. There's session sites for different session singers. And okay. Like and we just listened to every single one of them. And then he, it was just instantaneous. And then we saw that he was in this massive Linkin Park tribute band that, that, that covers the world. And we just watched a bunch of his shows and he's just, he's that good. He's just one of those people who has the gift and, and we were fortunate. He, he listened to our music and he was like, I'm in. And that was it. Wow. Does he still do the Lincoln Park thing on the side then? Or? He does periodically when we're not, when we're not, when we're not on tour. 
Uh, he does. He's just a, he's just a consummate pro, and we're just fortunate to have him. We're his priority. Uh, but you know what? We did a search for three members actually. Uh, my guitarist and I we decided to upgrade a good bit, and um, we just we went out and we found one of the top shredders in the universe. Uh, he's 22 years old. His name is Will James. He's our uh, lead shredder guitarist. And if you ever wanted to see what Eddie Van Halen was like when he was 22, we've got him. And uh, he's badass. <laughs> He's, he's that good, man. And yeah. he's that cool and he's that nice and he's awesome. And then we went out to Vegas and we pulled in uh, one of the top bassists in the country and who had been with some of the top really heavy metal bands and, and uh, did the Fremont Street experience and stuff like that. And we grabbed him and he actually moved to Atlanta not too long ago. And now we're just planning tours and hopefully we'll take over the world. Dude, I love I love the energy, like how passionate you are. You're like, this is the best singer. We got the best guitarist. Like, you're not shy about saying, oh, you know, we got this guy. He's pretty good. You're like, no, this is the best. I love it. You know, it's it's funny. You know, when you create these things, um, if you had asked me back in, say, 2020 when we were putting this together, I would say we were a very good band. We write really good music, and I think we have really good potential. After we went out, after we created what we have now, and then went out and upgraded to the artists that we have now, I would say we are a badass band. And, and not because I'm cocky or confident or egotistical, but because I sit back and I watch these guys on a daily basis and I just marvel at their talent. And, and I'm just saying it as an objective observer. How about that? <laughs> well, so then how do you convince them <clears throat> to join your band? Like, how, how, I mean, if this guy's in one of the best Lincoln Park tribute, why, why should he join your band? How did you convince him of that? Because you guys call. hadn't done much to begin with, right? I mean, it, it, this well, was you're kind of restarting it. Well, we were blowing up when we went and got Chris. So, so we put out our first singles and we were very successful with those. Then we, and we kind of built our team along the way. And then we went to radio and stuff. And then we kind of built, we did our EP. And we had great success with that as well. And then, you know, you build your followers, you build your streams, you build your team, management, label, this, that, the other, publicist, all that mess. And then eventually <clears throat> you do your big full first album. And when we did Ascension, our full our team just came into place. We got signed with with Megaforce Records. We uh, we got, you know, they, they did our distribution worldwide. We we signed with TKO for for bookings, this, that, the other. And I guess it was the type of thing where, like Chris Hodges, he'll t he would tell you that he listened to our album Ascension, and he saw everything that we had built, and wow. it was a no brain. It was a no brainer for him. You know what I mean? Meaning, meaning it was fortunately Devin and I and the guys that were previously in the band, we wrote some really great music. And Devin and I write. You know, we initially would write the songs together. He he does the rhythm guitar and I do the drums. And so we kind of put the songs together and then the other guys would do their parts. And fortunately, we wrote some kick-ass, you know, music and, and we built an incredible team. And I spent a gazillion hours building this team and kind of getting us on the radar everywhere. And, um, you know, it was a no-brainer for these guys. They want to tour the world. They want to be in one of the biggest rock bands on the planet. And I think they saw that we had the potential to do everything. They ha we have the shot at the brass ring that they were always looking for. So you, yeah, you, so you kind of already built it up at that point. So it was a, a good thing for them to join. It wasn't like they were joining a no-name band at that point. Okay. That's that. And that's the whole thing. We, 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 I built it to where it's a full, a full, uh, full operation. Mm -hmm. And so they came in and two seconds later, they're doing a video. 
you know, that, that, that just came out and now it's being blasted all over the world and now it's on the radio and now it's charting on Billboard and now it's charting on the secondary charts. And oh, by the way, we're going on tour with Alter Bridge. And oh, by the way, we're going on tour with this band and that band. And we're doing a radio tour. And, our, you know, we just got Octane last night. And, and so these guys are just like sitting back. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's coming in after all the hard work is done. I mean, there's still hard work to do, but mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. fun. This is the fun stuff. The, the real grind was getting to this point. And so now these guys saw that, hey, I get to just get to come in and play tours. Sounds good to me. Yeah, no, that's really fascinating because I talk to a lot of musicians and of different levels. And uh, I, I think that I think you're right. I think that is the the grind is getting to that point, getting all the the publicists and the labels and the radio play and the tours and all that stuff. And you've already lined all that stuff up. Is that, that it was one of the hardest challenges of my existence? How did and, you do uh, that? <laughs> I should write a book, man. Seriously, uh, just just put my head put my head down. Uh, I, I'm married, and my wife she put her head down. She does, she's our creative director, does all, all of our social media, website, stuff like that. And we just put our heads down and just figured out every step of the way. And I just didn't take no for an answer. I knew I had great music. I knew we wrote great music. And I knew, I knew the people, like the producers we worked with were top shelf. And I made sure of that. And I knew if I came to the table with that and could show that we could build the brand, that people would want to work with us. And I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, you know, and Kelly, Kelly, fortunately was a Kelly, our publicist at SRO. She did a very good job of introducing us to all the power players that we needed. And I did a good job after that of basically showing them this passion that I've got and showing them the great music that we have. And basically saying, uh, you know, we're not, you know, we're not, we're nice guys. We're not egotistical. We are badass musicians and you know we're here to take over the world and you know people bought into it Mm -hmm. so there was some rejection you just had to keep pushing yeah i would say at every single every single level there's always rejection especially at the beginning because they don't know you they have to get to know you. You know, we went to our first publicist who referred us to the second publicist who referred us to the third publicist. And finally, the fourth, fourth publicist was like, hell yeah, sign me up. You know, and it's the same thing with labels. Talk to this label, talk to that label, talk to this label. And finally, boom, the next label was like, sign me, you know, let's go. And, and it was the same thing with our booking agent at TKO. Uh, our manager went to him five different times and said, you need to sign these guys. They're going to they're gonna take over. And he was just like, okay, get back to me when they've done more. Get back to me when they've done more. And finally, we had done so much that he was like, okay, I want to hear this track right now. He heard it. And he was like, yep, get him to Nashville. Boom. Had a deal. Wow. You just okay. have to be persistent. You got to be talented. And to be honest with you, you got to make the upgrade. You got to make the hard decisions. And you got to be willing to upgrade to top shelf talent, because if you don't have top shelf talent across the board, forget it. So you had to let some of the musicians go. You had to change. That's why you changed it, because you felt like they weren't at the same level. We had good musicians, talented musicians, but we needed into the world musicians who who were pro full time and dedicated to Pistols at Dawn uh, with no questions. Okay. So that's another piece of it. I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of people that they play music, but it's kind of more of like a hobby kind of thing, or it's, it's, they're not all in, you got to be all in, right? 
you, you, top you, priority. You said the most important. You, no, you said the most all in is the way to put it. We had done the amateur thing for many years here in Atlanta. Okay. Way back in the day when we were little boys and growing up, we were all in bands and we played, you know, we played with the same guys in the same bands in the same places and this, that, the other. And back in 2019, it was the beginning of 20, just before the pandemic, Devin and I put our heads down and we said, uh, with our former bassist, Billy, and we said we were going to, we're doing it. We're going all the way, no matter what. We don't stop. And I knew for me, I, I run the business side of the band. I knew what that meant. And I had to put it all together. And I was just like, I'm all in. Uh, no matter what it takes, what it costs, what I have to do, how much, how many hours it, it takes. And my wife is the same way. She, she committed to helping me with this. And, um, you know, you have to have, you have to be all in or forget about it. It's too hard. There's too many hard steps. And every step that we would get higher and higher and higher, we would just get punched in the face with just a harder step. You know what I mean? Like, like getting a video on iTunes. It seems like, oh yeah, let me just go to a website and punch in some information and upload. Doesn't work like that. It's really? very difficult to get a video on iTunes. Yeah, very huh. difficult. You, ha- I mean, I don't want to get into all the steps, but what I'm saying is, is that prior to you having a label, you've got to figure these things out and do them professionally. And you've got to have a little money behind you to pay yeah. for all these high-level things like, like publicists. So... We're just very fortunate. We're grateful for where we are. We've upgraded. We've done the work. And now we're seeing kind of the, the, the spoils that come with it with tours. And now we're, you know, we're doing our work on the road. Mm-hmm. And um, we're starting to get offers. We're having offers come in. And, and uh, I think it's going to be really eventful 23. And we'll definitely, I th- you're, you're in Arizona? Yeah. You're coming yeah, here on the 29th. The yeah. It's with yeah. A, um, at the marquee. And it's kind of interesting. like. What's that? Love for you to see it. Oh, yeah, no, I'll, I, I definitely want to be there unless I don't know. I, I don't think I have anything else going on. I'm putting it in my calendar. But the interesting thing about that tour is like, and this is not a shot at Alter Bridge at all. I think they're great. But I almost think Mammoth should headline. I mean, have you seen those guys play? I mean, they opened for Guns N' Roses. And uh, I think they, I mean, they almost sounded better than Guns N' Roses. Like it was, they sounded so good. I, I And I was skeptical because I was like, oh, okay. This is just like Van Halen's kid just living off a name or whatever. But dude, he's super talented. It's it's amazing. Uh, you know, he's, he's one of the most gifted guitarists on the planet. And he's one of the most humble guys. From what I can see, he's one of the most humble guys on earth. And it's, it's fascinating because I agree with you. Uh, he easily could be doing his own headlining tours, big ones probably. Uh, they just got the Metallica tour. They, they're going to be opening for Metallica. On Metallica's oh, worldwide. Yeah. I think I they're saw that. the lead opener on Metallica's next big tour, which is monstrous, and it's worldwide. And they're in, you know they're in Europe right now with Alter Bridge. So, um, I can't speak for them. All I can do is agree with you that. <laughs> Mammoth is amazing. And so yeah. when we heard of the bill, it was, it was Alter Bridge with Mammoth. It was like, uh, you know, like there's no, there's no crappy acts here. These are just top shelf everything. And we get to go be with them. And we're just like, you know, it's a dream come true. Yeah. You haven't had any shows. So you have, you had any interactions with Mammoth or Alter Bridge or have they reached out or sent an email or anything or. Uh, just their management. So okay. when we, when we, uh, 
when we got the gig, their manager offered it to us and uh, we're blessed to this day that he did. And we've got to, we use some of the same radio people uh, to promote radio and whatnot. And um, fortunately they made the connection and said it would just be a killer show to have pistols open. And uh, the guys, the, here's the greatest compliment I think we've ever gotten so far. Uh, when we got the show, the, the tour mentioned to us, it was made very clear that the guys in Alter Bridge had to listen to our album and, and vote, basically make a decision as to whether we could be added to the tour. They had to approve us. It wasn't mm -hmm. just their management. And when they got back to us and said, yep, the band, the band would love to have you on the tour, we were just like, shit, man, that, like, that was a nice compliment. You know, that had to be stressful though. Like there had to been a period where you weren't sure. Like, what if they said, no, that would have, that would have hurt. I think a little, you know, I mean, it easily could have come back like that. And yeah. you know, that's why when they came back and they're like, yeah, the band approved, we're like, hell yeah, man. Like we got something here. This is cool. Yeah. Although I, I don't think you would have given up if they didn't. I mean, I don't think you would have given up the, the, the dream of the band or whatever, if they didn't have you just go, okay, I'll go to the next tour or whatever. No, no, we'd be talking about a different tour right now. And, and, and the fortunate thing for us is that, you know, everything that you build with kind of leads to the next thing. And so the Alter Bridge tour has already led to other tours, has already led to other tour offers, right. you know, and, and anything you can share or is that still secret? Uh, still, still in negotiations. Uh, okay. But I would say I would say that we're going to be announcing many more additional tours coming soon in 23. Awesome. Very cool. So where did you get this attitude of like, I'm taking over the world. I'm not going to stop. Like, is this like, what are you doing? Do you have a sales job in, in your day job or what you did before? Or how did, like, where does this come from? Just your personality? Oh, I appreciate, appreciate the compliment. Uh, just, it's just how, how I was raised, man. You know, my parents are all, we're all successful entrepreneurs. Mm. And, um, uh, just, I was raised by these super high, like highly intense, and passionate, over the top, over amped, like like when we set our minds to something, get the hell out of the way. We're doing it. And you know, when it comes to music, that's the coolest thing about this job is that that when you really are into music and you're really into playing music and you can really play good music and people are into your <coughs> excuse me, into your music and you get to do this as your job. It's like, it's, it's just, you know, it's an easy thing to be really amped about. And so that's just my personality when I taught, and it's been like this since day one, when we were building the band, you know, at the beginning, right before the pandemic, I put my, I got with my, my guitarist and uh, I was just like, listen, there's this thing, it's called the pandemic. It's about to happen apparently. And I don't give a shit. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to engage with millions of people. We're going to entertain them. I'm going to find a video company in Atlanta. <laughs> that will that will make videos for us during the pandemic. I'm going to find a producer in Atlanta who's top shelf and who will do our EP during the worst part of the pandemic. We put out eight videos and an EP and engage with 2 million people during the pandemic, during the worst part of the pandemic. I'm talking about when we were all locked in. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's how we built our base, my friend. I mean, it was, it was this type of enthusiasm during the shittiest point of, of world on, you know, life on yeah. earth. And people were just like, damn. You took a yeah. chance and it paid off. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. So is it true? Like we talk about music, like you've been in, you've been playing drums since like age six. Is that right? So, so I was six years old 
And my dad's first girlfriend, after my parents got divorced, wanted to piss my mother off. Yeah, so, so that story is true. Okay. She bought me a drum set. <laughs> to piss off your mom. Yeah. Literally. That's so Not catty. even you. Yeah. For a birthday. It, yeah. But you, uh, it, it had a different effect because you became a, a drummer. So, I mean, it actually, it <laughs> yeah, maybe pissed off the mom, your mom too, but. Yeah, drum, drum is interesting, interesting how it kind of all evolved. Uh, I didn't really get serious until I had this cousin. I heard, I, I, I'd, I'd wanted, me, wanted, to, wanted to learn how to play and get serious about it. I wasn't one like a band, school band kid. I was a rock kid. I was going wow. to a thousand concerts when I was little. At nine years old, I went to see Prince, you know, with my babysitter. Like, I was like really into music. And anyway, anyway, um, I just remember I had a cousin who passed away and one of his dying wishes was to have a, a drum set. So they bought him a drum set. And I just remember he died and we called them after he passed away and they, I bought the drum set and uh, had my cousin's drum set who passed away. And, you know, I learned on that and just played, took lessons for two and a half years and, and kind of just joined bands, band after band, after band, after band, and, you know, just grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And here we are. So, and you said that you use uh, sometimes electronic, like when you guys are doing the acoustic stuff, do you do that in the studio too? Do you use uh, drum machines and stuff or is it all? No, it's all organic. It's all, it's all, it's all real acoustic drums in the studio. One of our, one of our defining uh, characteristics for our band, for myself, for my guitarist, et cetera, we grew up loving bands like Guns N' Roses and Metallica and a bunch of the other, uh, like just true plug and play bands, no yeah. tracks no tracks and uh devin and i when we started the band we just made a pact we're never gonna have tracks ever huh. uh we've had we've had former band members want to use them you know pump in like harmonies and this that the other and that's kind of what led us to our current singers that if you can't pull off the vocals live we can't use you hmm. and so we needed a singer and we needed a backup singer who's our bassist uh who's incredible as well who will spend a thousand hours making sure the harmonies are perfect instead of pumping in vocals <clears throat> like most bands do these days and no no i'm not taking away from from people who use tracks that's that's a part of music the music industry these days we just pride ourselves on not doing it and so that's kind of how i learned now that's super cool so tell me about um uh you mentioned uh the producers you know getting top notch producers tell me about working with sylvia massey because she's worked with a uh, tool system of a down red hot chili peppers johnny cash like did she have some, she must've had some stories of these. Like, can you share any of those stories or is this like, <clears throat> you have to sign a non-disclosure agreement or whatever? <laughs> you know, there was no non-disclosure and she was as human as you or I, you or I am now. It's fascinating when, when we were deciding on who to use, you know, Tool is one of our uh, influences and one of our favorite bands of all time and Johnny Cash and to hear, you know, the roster of who she, who she'd worked with, we were just like, you know, we, we knew we had to go to that level of producer. And when you do that, they're not just going to work with you unless you're a big name. <clears throat> so we contacted their manager, her manager, and, we, and they were like, okay, send us some tracks. You know, they heard our old stuff, the EP stuff, and they loved it. Our singles, they loved it. They knew we had the goods, but they also wanted to hear what we were thinking of for this album. So we sent them some basic tracks that we had recorded. Fortunately, she dug it. And then in working with her, it was just mystifying because we sent her everything. <clears throat> it was during the pandemic. She's in Oregon. We sent her all, we did all of our tracking in Atlanta that she needed and sent it to her to mix. 
And ultimately, you know, she would get on the phone with us and just be as kind and as human as you could ever ask for and just ask us our opinions on things and and really tell us what she dug and didn't, you know, wasn't into. And and she loved it. And we were just another one of these like, touch, you know, pinch myself moments. Sylvia Massey, who's who's done some of the biggest albums in history, was just like, dude, this album rocks. And we're just like, holy shit, like we've got something here. And to hear her say it and just be human with us. And we, you know, we laughed and just had a great time. We really didn't get, you know, we didn't want to be that, that kind of starstruck band that was just kind of like, you know, fangirl, that fanboys. <laughs> we didn't want to bother with that stuff. We just wanted to be us and we wanted her working with us. So we really didn't get into all the previous stuff, but it was such an honor to hear her talk about our music and work on the music. And ultimately you've heard it. I mean, fortunately it came out pretty damn good. No, that's awesome. So you didn't actually record at her studio. <coughs> no, it was during it was during the pandemic. Okay. So uh, you sent see, tracks and stuff. We sent her our tracks and she mixed the she mixed the album. And then we had a great mastering engineer that had previously worked with her and they mastered the album. And uh fortunately we got it right. Were you did I hear something about you recording with the guy from at the the guy from Jackal's studio? Does he have a studio or something? Yeah, so the lead singer of Jack Jackal, Jesse James Dupree, owns a studio uh, with a producer, a very well-known producer named Jeff Tomei. And we were it's called Cock of the Walk. Cock of the Walk Studios. <laughs> and if you Is ever that in Georgia? Jesse, <clears throat> yeah, it's in okay. uh, Cobb County, Georgia. And if you've ever met Jesse James Dupree or you've watched Jackal and the Chainsaws, the studio's very much in tune with uh, that. He has a big property with his house. In his, okay. in, in his rehearsal studio. And then he's got a studio <clears throat> and he's partnered with uh, Jeff Tomei. Jeff Tomei was the engineer on Siamese Dream for Smashing Pumpkins. He's worked with Jonathan Davis. He's worked with Matchbox 20. So on one of their biggest albums. And we were fortunate to work with him because we were from Atlanta. Uh, we had really good music and we could get in, get in his face. And, um, and we had worked with Jeff on our EP and our initial singles and Jeff fortunately did a great job on those. And we had great success with those and working with him was special because, you know, he had worked with such great artists as well. Uh, and it was really cool because I'd be tracking drums and then there'd be like Jesse James Dupree's like chainsaws, you know, just <laughs> sitting, sitting throughout the property. It was pretty interesting. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, so you said you're a Guns N' Roses fan? A hundred percent. Yeah. My entire band, we grew up on like, like eighties hard rock and, uh, early nineties, early nineties grunge. Um, you know, we, we love grunge. We love real hard rock. And so we're okay. all influenced. We're all influenced by guns and roses, Metallica, Pantera, living color. I mean, you name it, Jane's addiction, uh, you name it. Yeah, that's cool. No, Nirvana, was... Nirvana, Allison Chains. go through the nineties. No problem. Yeah. I, I grew up in Seattle in the nineties. It was Allison chains, like dirt. That, that album was literally in every kid's car. I mean, I heard those songs so many times. It was crazy, but I was going to ask you if uh, you had heard uh, about Axel's latest thing that he hit a, a, f a person, a fan with a microphone. And I just wondered if you guys ever had, I mean, assuming it was an accident, uh, but I what wondered if you ever, he was like, I think he was swinging his microphone and he, he, hit, one. he, hit, he hit some girl in the face. <laughs> And she's got like black eyes. Yeah, it's like top news right now. But uh, I just wondered if you ever had an incident like that uh, where you accidentally hit somebody or like any sort of mishaps on stage like that. Um, you know, we've all had our 
Okay. Number one, I, I hadn't heard about this uh, with him hitting somebody. You know, fortunately, it seems like he's he's been pretty normal these days. Yeah. I no, I'm assuming it was an accident. Yeah. <clears throat> right. I mean, back in the day, I think he was out of his mind. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> you know, who jumps off stages, you know, into crowds and stuff and beats people up. I mean, in, in closes, closes shows down after, you know, one or two songs. That's stupid. Uh, and causes riots. But, but that, was the, that was the now, energy, the craziness that made his music so good, I think. I, I agree with you. If he was a very normal, boring person, the music <laughs> would suck. Like he's got, he's, you, he channeled that energy into the music. I think it's brilliant. I don't disagree with you at all. I think I, I agree with you hundred percent. And so I'm sad for whatever happened to the yeah, lady, but unfortunately no, these types of, these types of things happen. I mean, we've all, we've, we've had, you know, I've had drum heads break in the middle of a song. My singers, mics go out, you name it. We've had it. I think one of the funniest things that ever happened to us on a stage though, was uh i was in a band back in the day and we, we used to uh <coughs> you have to excuse me i'm getting over a tour uh upper respiratory thing and so we uh i had a band back in the day and we used to cover uh the oompa loompa song uh we turned it into like this heavy <laughs> really 90, yeah this heavy 90s rap i had this great rapping gospel type singer and he'd rap on it and he'd scream on it and it was amazing and people would come to our shows and that's kind of what we were known for in atlanta they'd say oompa loompa they'd scream oompa loompa oompa loompa oompa loompa and so that would be like our big big moment in our sets right so anyway i'm playing this old venue in atlanta called the masquerade and i'm up on stage and i'm killing it and and uh we're up we're we're, we're, we're doing the oompa loompa song and next thing you know, while I'm playing, it's the strangest thing. While I'm playing, as hard as I can, I hear this noise. Give me a stick. Give me a stick. And I'm just playing as hard as I can. But I'm hearing a noise in the back of my head. And, and literally, it's like, give me a stick. Give me a stick. And I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? And I turn around. And there was a little person there. While we were playing the Oompa Loompa song, a little person was standing behind me, screaming at me to give him a stick. And he grabs my stick, jumps on top of the drums with me, and just starts beating the drums as hard as he can throughout the rest of the Oompa Loompa song. And the crowd is going insane. And I'm just, I'm just I don't know what oh. the hell has happened. It's one of those moments in life you just don't know. You don't know what's happened, but it's, it's the coolest thing you've ever seen or been a part of. And it turned out wow. that there was little person wrestling there at that venue the next day. And they were partying at the venue the night before. Oh, okay. And he just jumped up on stage and wanted to throw it down with us during that particular song. And it was just one of those special, crazy ass moments that you have as a musician. That's fucking badass. That is so awesome. I've seen the little person re uh, wrestling. We saw it in Vegas. It was awesome. It was so cool. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because I remember, I'll never forget that because it, it, uh, it was in Vegas. <laughs> My buddy wanted to see Bill Cosby. And I was like, I don't want to see Bill Cosby. Let's see the midget wrestling. I think right. we made the right decision. So, Yes. yes. Talented. Yeah, so, very cool. Yeah, I think we've all had those crazy technical issues, but no, no, no ridiculous glitches. I mean, I think the worst thing that could ever happen, though, aside from your gear just not working, is when the when the uh, the air conditioning is off in summer. Ooh. Like you'll play you'll play certain venues and their air conditioning is like broken. 
And that, my friend, is like painful. That's dude. That's you, I don't think you could do that in Phoenix. Like you might die. Like it's yeah. scary. It's like dangerous here. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like Atlanta during the summer is like how Phoenix is all year. So it's Ooh. not good. Yeah, that's not good. Well, I look forward to seeing the show here in March, and everybody else can check the uh, the the website for tour dates. And it sounds like you'll have some other shows too, like some headlining maybe, and then maybe some other ones that you can't tell us about yet. But just follow yeah, the we're, website. We're going to do a charity show. We're going to do a charity show. We, we, we do a charity show annually here in Atlanta. And we're going to do a charity show January, I think, 14th on a Saturday. Just us. Uh, we're just going to give a good headlining set. And, uh, you know, we like to make a difference. You know, we have a lot of good fortune being where we be, being able to do what we, we, we are doing. And we like to give back to. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. I always end each episode promoting a charity. <clears throat> Is there a charity that people can donate to um, that you recommend? yeah yeah absolutely I, and that was one of the things that drew us to your show honestly i heard kelly had told me about the fact that you highlighted charity and um at the conclusion of each show and i thought that was super cool um we give to the world central kitchen and okay. it's it's uh jose andres a famous spanish chef he goes around the world and he has a team anytime there's like a massive earthquake or you know one of those massive floods or a massive like right now in ukraine uh they're they, they go there and they set up kitchens and they give out food, um, you know, to thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hungry people in war zones and, you know, danger zones and this, that, the other. And so we give to them and, you know, uh, we're very proud of that. When anybody who else who wants to give just a little money per month, World Central Kitchen, it's a good one. Awesome. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes along with your website and uh, people can follow you on social media too. I don't think you have a social media, but the band does. So. Yeah, I, I, I try to focus everything on the band. You know, it's it's what we it's what I do nonstop. So I just I just stick with that. But it's at Pistols at Dawn Band on Facebook and uh, at Pistols at Dawn Official on Instagram. Yeah, is that now? How does that work? Because on Spotify, I think there's like three Pistols at Dawn, and I think they all have a check mark. So it's like really confusing. <laughs> yeah. So so way back in way back when uh, there were I only know well. There's one or two of them. Way back before we ever existed, there were some English bands mm. uh, that had tried to use the name Pistols at Dawn. Uh, they never really did much. And so back in 2015, when I named the band, this was before I even knew they existed. Mm. Uh, back in 2015, when I named the band, I trademarked the name here in England, in Canada, et cetera. And um, uh, obviously, we built it into a brand right now. It's you know growing worldwide and uh, uh, on Spotify, all you have to do is just look for us, look for the biggest, uh, imprint there and you'll find us with our new album Ascension. And, cool. uh, we hope people take a listen to eight tracks. Sylvia Massey produced it, which is badass. And honestly, it's 32 minutes. It's not one of these long albums where you get lost <laughs> in fluff. Yeah. Each song has a purpose on there. And if you have a good workout or a good drive, 32 minutes, hit play and just turn, crank it the hell up and you're going to have a great ride. Perfect. Yeah. And I've heard the acoustic and that sounds cool. And I can't wait to hear you guys live at the marquee. That's going to be fun to hear it electric. Yes. Yes. We're, we've got a good set coming and, and we're playing with some of the, like you said, Wolfgang, holy shit. Can't wait. Uh, for Alter, him. Br Alter Bridge. Dude, those guys are, are, are sick at what they do and we're just honored to be a part of it. Cool. Thanks, man. All right. Well, I'll see you later. We'll get this yeah. out soon. Have us back anytime, man. We're so grateful for you having us today. And, uh, we just appreciate you. All right. I appreciate you too. Thanks for doing this. Bye-bye. Take care.
My thanks again to Adam Jaffe and his PR team for setting up this interview. Once again, make sure to check out Pistols at Dawn. The website is in the show notes for current tour dates or follow them on social media. And as always, your likes, shares, and comments on social media and YouTube will help the band and myself if you want to help support us. I definitely want to see that tour with Mammoth and Alter Bridge. Sounds amazing. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your support. Have a great day and shoot for the moon. Shoot for the moon.